Hello and welcome to another Anim Dojo podcast. My name is Tom Box, co-founder of Anim Dojo, and I'm here with the uh, Anim Dojo team. We have Katie. Hi, uh, I'm a community manager at Anim Dojo and a recruiter at Blue Zoo. And we have Grace. Hello, I'm the marketing coordinator for Anim Dojo and Blue Zoo. And we have Beda. Hey, I'm a co-founder of Anim Dojo and currently uh, animation supervisor at Axis. Cool. And, and today we're joined by two very special guests, which will be explained in a second. But uh, first up, we have uh, Nikita. Hi, um, I'm a production coordinator at Blue Zoo. And Tyler. Hi, I'm uh, Tyler. I'm a freelance uh, coordinator who was at uh, Lips Films. Cool. So uh, in this uh, podcast, we're doing a continuing our series of um, podcasts on different jobs, job titles, and what those job titles actually are for if you're kind of too afraid to ask, you've been in a studio uh, uh, for a while and you still don't know what your colleagues do, then this job, uh, this jobcast, <laughs> this podcast is, is here to help. So explain what the jobs are, um, who they're suited for, and how you can get, uh, stand the best chances of getting hired or getting into that role. Previously, we've done character design, art directing, and 2D uh, layout job roles. So go and check those podcasts out um, if, if you fancy hearing about those job roles. Uh, but today, uh, hopefully you've guessed from those introductions that we are focusing on uh, animation production coordinator. So I think this one was a really good one we wanted to do um, because there is quite a few different production producers stuck hot type of roles and uh i don't know a lot of the, <laughs> what the different ones do so i am sure it's the same for lots of other people uh so today we thought we'd focus on the production coordinator role so um with that it'd be great uh if both uh nikita and tyler if you could both kind of explain in your words how how you how you explain your job to other people who might have never never heard of it before nikita do you want to go first um, yeah, sure. Uh, well, production, especially animation, involves a number of stages. Um, it, um, it's almost like an assembly line where one thing has to be passed on to the other right at the right time. So as a production coordinator, I'm um, making sure each of those teams are communicating and um, each team is is um, has everything to do their task and that in that at that right time um and again animation takes a long time and right from um the start to the end i guess you you want things to move run smoothly so on a day-to-day -day basis you could have a number of, of hiccups and um it's teams missing uh, missing assets or uh so helping them on a day-to-day -day basis to help the, the production run smoothly so it's keeping everything kind of on on track and keeping everything on track yep yeah cool. uh, tyler would you would you agree with that yeah it's just pretty much keeping the cog spinning in the production uh maintaining like each team is doing their job and like uh making sure that all the targets are being hit really day to day and if it's not figuring out what's going wrong and what needs improving Okay, so uh, Tyler, how did you kind of land yourself in that in that role? How did that? How did you get to that? Yeah, I kind of fell into the position of coordinator at Lupus. I um I joined as a production assistant, and if I'm honest, I didn't really know anything about animation when I first got there. And they pretty much took me under their wing and taught me everything I need to know. And I went my way up slowly. Like at first, I was just maintaining like the schedule and looking after it. And then after a while, I started looking after the artwork team, and then implementing like the whole of the artwork schedule, planning that out for the for the um, for the film, and then uh, giving feedback and like main managing the the whole artwork team. Cool. So what's in that sense? What's if you said you started off as a production assistant now, and now you're a production coordinator? What's the difference yeah. between those those two roles? Uh, production assistant is kind of a little bit of a it's, it's junior, but and you're 
your day-to-day isn't um you're not managing people in a way you're dealing with uh like the producer's work or and bits like that and with a coordinator role you're looking after a whole team so you're having to manage other people you're having to give like feedback to people that maybe don't want to hear what they want to uh what they're bad at or what they're good at uh and you're uh pretty much discussing with the hod's what's going well what's going wrong and where you guys can improve yeah okay uh and then nikita how did you land in in end up doing it um i've always wanted to be a part of the animation industry um but Again, uh, when you're studying animation, production is not really a role that's uh, that anyone lands lands on immediately. But um, I think I've always enjoyed being a part of a project from beginning to end. I can never pinpoint and say, "Oh, I just want to do uh, the artwork or just the animation." So I think that slowly led me into uh, being a production assistant and then a production coordinator. But always um, in organized as a, like, always involved in organizing and planning because um, I wanted to be there right from the beginning to the end um, and again like Tyler said starting off as a production assistant where you're where you're getting a general sense of how different productions work um, helping the producer out the manager out on any tasks and then um, getting into a production coordinator role is uh, I feel like a very important step where you're you're dealing with the artists yourself um, and it, it it's also a role where you can pay attention to detail in in, in during the animation pipeline whichever team you're working on it um, teaches you a lot about each department as well if you're working with the art department you tend to learn um, then all the jargon um, every the, the software and um, the um, all the finer details, whether it's the if you're working with lighting and comp department, then so I feel like in in, in that role, um, from an assistant to coordinator, you graduate to a position where you're not only managing the teams, you're also learning very deeply about each department, um, and I think it's an important step before you go higher into other production roles as a line producer, or you need that strong foundation before you move yeah. up. So it's kind of that stepping stone. Yes. So is that sort of the natural progression then? Because you, you, you mentioned uh, production assistant. I think you both mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So then where does that, like, obviously everybody has like career goals and ambitions. And like, where, where does that take you? Like, um, it's clear with a lot of different art roles where that goes. But with production coordination, how does that sort of work? Where, how, how do you see... You know, I, I guess it's also different when you're working in the studio versus if you're the client side as well. It yeah. probably is very different. They have their own coordinators. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be interesting to see like how you you see it and where where you see yourself wanting to go as well, and that kind of um, you know career path, I guess. Yeah, um, and I guess when someone's starting off, it's hard for them to d- define whether they want to be a coordinator in a studio or a coordinator um, on the client side um, I guess unless it's uh, unless you do it it's it's really hard to know the difference um, fortunately before blue zoo I was a coordinator more on the client side and that where you're part of you helping the producer um, initiate the project and the script but you're not you're not involved in the actual creation of the art creation of the artwork and animation um, that was a big reason why I wanted, I was a production coordinator there as well, but I strongly felt like I was missing the one-on-one connection with the artists and being where it was all created. And that's what I'm drawn to. Um, and that's the big reason why I wanted to uh, join Bluzu and what excited me about the, the role when I first started on a, a role on a TV series, a new show and uh, working with the director. So. Yes, it is very different. Being a coordinator on the client side, you're um, you're looking at the very beginning and the ending. I guess you're initiating a project from an idea to script, and then finally marketing it and pushing it out to um, distributors or channels. And uh, whereas coordinator in a studio, you're 
deeply involved with the creation part. Um, so yeah. Um, it's so where, where does the actual role go? I guess like, like where? What's the the progression? What's like, What's the dream job? <laughs> yeah. Like how does it? You know, like you can go animator to lead animator to animation director, and then. Um, in most cases, it's uh, in most studios. It's usually, after the coordinator, you become a production manager, where you're also responsible for the budget um, and and the person to go to for the schedule, and then usually line producer, producer, and uh-huh. maybe head of production. How on day where you're overseeing all the productions. Yeah, Tyler, yeah, what's think- what's, what's your take on that? Sorry. Yeah, fully. Like, this the stepping stones. It's like production assistant, production coordinator, production manager, then line producer, producer, then head. And I was like, I've always wanted to be a producer. So I was like, how do I get there? And it's just learning each different department, like, and figuring out how to become an expert in it and then moving on to the next stage. And yeah. then what kind of, what's... What what makes you want to become a producer? What is it about that job that kind of uh, intrigues you? Um, I love scheduling stuff and I love Excel. And if I can do a job that does that full time, then <laughs> I'm happy with that. <laughs> Pretty much the opposite. So, yeah, <laughs> I can't draw either. I have no artistic talent. But so you must like creativity. So otherwise, you could go and become an accountant or something, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I actually moved to London to be a stockbroker. So. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's just I, I've always wanted to be a producer. I the first thing I ever did was uh, produce like a music video, and I just wanted to be like, how do I do this every single day of my life? So it's just cool. aiming towards that. It's just the whole aspect of your form. You plan out the whole of the production. You you know it has to end. If you let the if there wasn't a producer in like a creative sense, the creatives would just constantly work. I believe. So I think it's good to, it's a good, it's a good role. Yeah. yeah, that's a good, good point to make. Like one way to know what a production coordinator does and maybe in a general sense, also like a producer, but, but since we're focusing on production coordination, if you want to know what they do, how about, let's talk about what happens if they're not there. Mm. I can tell you. Yeah. The world is on fire. The world is on fire. <laughs> they are, they are like the unsung heroes of animation, honestly. Yeah. It's that little dog keeping... meme where it says everything's fine and then yeah. it's fire. <laughs> like everybody, everybody, everybody in the studios pretty much have their own demands, their own needs, their own this, and it's their job to kind of find a way to make everyone work together. Because I, I find yeah. that like if I if I don't, especially now when you're looking after a team without without a production coordinator by my side, it's impossible, literally impossible. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very They're essential key. parts of the process that, that get spoken about enough, for sure. Mm. I, feel like, I feel like you guys have kind of already touched on it, but I just wanted to, um, from Tyler's kind of, I love spreadsheets comment, which I always think people are lying when they say that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Can't relate. <laughs> Can't relate at all. Um, but what kind of a person makes a really good um, production coordinator? Like, is it, if you are looking after a load of people, if you're kind of considering loads of schedules, do you have to be quite a sensitive, like empathetic person? Or is it to go the whole other way of like, you have to be a person who really wants to alphabetize your whole DVD collection. Like you love organization. Like what kind of things makes a really good person for this role? Um, I think that you have to understand how that there are different people in different teams. So it's really key to like, in some situations you want to be, you can be friendly in other situations you want to like bounce around, but I like the delicate side of the conversation almost. And yeah, I think you don't have to be organized. My, you don't have to be organized in your life. It's just with work. You just want to make sure that everything is like tip top condition and the best it could be. So like, yeah, I I think it's just really important to have, um, like just key, very key. Um, I lost what I was gonna say. Sorry. It's very very organized and just com- like, 
knows that there is a there the job has to get done at the end of the day and without you there telling people that this needs to be done it's it won't happen yeah mm. Nikita, what do you what do you think? What's the what's the skills that tick the box? <laughs> um, I guess along with being organized, and you don't have to be um, super organized, but along with that, I think uh, you have to be very flexible. Now, uh, when you, when we have a schedule, um, it looks you you plan it out in a certain way, and we somehow get to the end, but you never get to the end the way you plan. It's every day you have new problems. Um, again, we're dealing with people, and each one um, has a has a way of dealing with things. And you um, being flexible to move things around and still make it happen and keep the ball rolling is very important. So I think that adaptability um, and being open to and empathetic to all kinds of people. Those soft skills are very important too because since we are managing a large team of um, artists. So, yeah, I'd say being flexible and open to problem solving is, more yeah. important, is most important. That's cool. I have I have yeah, a question yeah. that um, I am asking because I've been on that receiving end of it mm -hmm. uh, in different like capacities where you have production coordinators that could be very friendly or you can have some that can be quite intimidating or some that can be very stern it's obviously different personalities but yeah. like from your experience what did you find to be like the best way and because obviously there are many different challenges that come there's like mm -hmm. deadlines that need to be met changes that happen staff that change that no longer are on the project or at the studio which means you have to keep changing schedules, you have to keep changing who's working on what, and you sometimes have to come to like, hey, you know, you know, whoever, you, whoever, someone, um, actually, we need this work to get done, what's going on, and you have to have sometimes these, these, these awkward conversations, like what, what do you find to be um, sort of a good approach, or from, from your experience, how do you handle those, or what do you do because they seem like one of the hardest things I have to do. I, luckily, I don't have to deal with them that much. Yeah. But when I do deal with them, they're very awkward. Yes, yeah, so yeah, they, you, uh, a lot of the times you feel like you're uh, pushed to a corner because you have uh, clients asking for something. You have the artist wanting more time. You, who, you have a director who wants to constantly change things. Um, so yeah, I guess weighing all of those and... Um, it, uh, along with problem solving, it's also day, on a day-to-day -day basis trying to make decisions on where you have to nudge things along, um, like where you can be sense. Uh, I guess when you have different uh, teams pushing you, you have yes, the, there are times when you have to be stern, um, but sort of balancing. If if you know that you can shuffle things around and accommodate. Um, the director or accommodate the client so deciding at that point of time what's possible mm -hmm. and uh, being stern in your decision but you don't have to be stern in communicating that you can be empathetic and then and communicate it in a, in a more pleasant manner yeah. <laughs> but um, I think if the coordinator themselves is quite fickle and doesn't know which one to prioritize at that point, I think that's when it gets too messy. So mm -hmm. I guess you need to be stern in your decision, but communicate in a more um, amicable, pleasant manner <laughs> to all yeah. parties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, did, I just I wanted to ask something that I get asked a lot at recruitment affairs from graduates um, and it's not always one in compared to artist roles that I know how to answer so someone who has no experience but really wants to get into production in some capacity obviously the path is production assistant jobs but what can they do themselves to have more of a chance of getting a production assistant job because as a recruiter I found that a lot of um, production positions are very, very competitive and a very kind of 
recommendation basis mm-hmm. um in terms of people who get hired for those jobs which you know works out fantastic with the studio but doesn't necessarily open it up for loads of opportunities for graduates either so i just wondered about that and what your thoughts were Tyler, do you want to take that one? <laughs> um, sorry, Howard. Uh, yeah, I think it's 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 a very hard uh, role to get into the production system role. I personally was a runner on a job and then got asked if I wanted to PA on it under someone. But I think it's just if you're trying to get into this industry, if you're at uni and you're doing work, you're invited to all these different events and you're able to go out and meet people and stuff like that. And that's really key. And you want to build up a good, uh, like loads of connections in the industry and don't be scared to like email people, connect with people on LinkedIn and just be like, this is my current situation. Um, like I'm looking for work, do you know, if there's anything going on? Because yeah, like I, I'm one of the people that go on LinkedIn and I will try and connect with every single person. And then every now and then I'll just drop them a message and be like, Hey, I'm free at the moment. Like, have you got anything going on? Something like that. Um, so what but so, so i was just i was just going to ask going on on what you said there about you managed to get in what and when when it's so tough to get in what do you think how did you manage to do that yourself what do you think you did that was different to the the hundreds of other people that might have been applying for you know the same thing i think it was just showing like a, a real interest in the position and like when I went to, when I go for job interviews, I really want to know what the company does, what their goals are, what, what kind of work they produce. And if I'm, if it's like, if it matches with me, then I'm going to be like very open about me wanting to be there and working for them and like wanting to learn to see what they can do to help me in my career. Yeah. 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 I don't think that's um, talked about enough, actually, really showing enthusiasm for the specific company. Um, and I think that in, in interview or application or wherever, that can be so pivotal. Um, it's a big giveaway. It, it really is. If you don't <laughs> even mention that the studio's name in your application or, you know, anything like that, then, yeah, obviously I'm not the recruiter, but... <laughs> you're right though grace <laughs> you're on it i mean just from my perspective as as someone who doesn't really deal with recruitment but sometimes is just handed people to manage and start becoming part of my team one of the most things that frustrate me is when you have someone that's kind of just like meh i'm i'm here it's yeah. a paycheck which is understandable that we all have days like that and maybe this is going off tangent, but I guess it, it, it kind of still is true to what you're mentioning, Tyler, like showing enthusiasm, especially early on in your career is so important, I think, especially in our industry, which um, has very strict deadlines, has very difficult sort of working conditions in some, in some cases, you know, there's no need to lie about that. It's the truth, you know, we have difficult, you know, uh, expectations, we're, we're, we're creating art but it's a business and it's like those two things should not go together, but they do. And I think showing enthusiasm is the least, I think a person can give off at least in the beginning, you know, when you're like 10, 15 years, 20 years into it and you're a bit jaded, fine. You, you can, you, you can, you can kind of like, you know, I don't know who you mean so, today, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so how, how, do you, how do you show enthusiasm on a job application or a, a CV or a cover letter? Because you, know, you can say you're passionate or enthusiastic, but you know, words are cheap. So how, how to, has anyone got any tips on how to, how to do that? How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's just, it's honestly just the tone. It's just setting a friendly tone. It doesn't have to be um kind of this glowing appraisal of any any studio you work for you know we're not looking for cvs that kind of stroke studios egos or anything like that it's not it's not about that it's just a kind of a general like positive tone and an interest in the role in the studio so it's just like i'd really like to work at this studio because I've heard this about them and that that sounds exciting to me or I'd like to be a part of that. It can be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be, oh my gosh, I literally love you guys so much. You're my favorite. Like that's just gonna make you feel weird. Yeah. It's a well, write and to read. So I think I think I think being be a receptive, being receptive to uh, 
feedback. So like, like what you said, Tyler, like if you reach out to someone, I get people reaching out to me constantly for animation and I'm giving feedback. And normally when someone responds positively, regardless of, you know, whether or not I, I rip the reel to shreds or I come back with some very basic notes, the moment I feel that the person is responsive and that they've appreciated that I've taken the time to go through and give them this, uh, this kind of detailed feedback, that for me is a sign of, of being enthusiastic and that they're willing to do what it takes. So, yeah, yeah I mean, how could, how could you translate that? Like if you did get in touch with say, like, I don't know, head of production at like, you know, X and X studio, what is it that, that, that if they did come back to you, like, how could you, would you just, you know, um, like, like Tom said, what is it that, that can display the enthusiasm aside from just saying, oh, I love your studio, you know, like. Um, I have like an example of like when I went for an interview at Stink mm -hmm. and, uh, I was just chatting with them and I was just saying like why well, I wanted to work there and they did one of the, this advert that I really really loved so in the interview when I was chatting to them I was just like I'm not gonna lie to you guys like I watched this interview and I was just like uh, this uh advertisement I loved it I thought it was a genius I was like if I can work for a company that is able to do this and for other adverts that uh, it'll be an honor so it's just really being a fan but not like overdoing it a bit too much being like understanding that yeah, yeah, being authentic and being honest about it and really knowing like what the company produces and like being able to like in the interview bring up certain things that you really like what they've done or like researching the website and researching who works there and who they work for normally and their top clients and stuff like that. Well, uh, Nikita, do you have any uh, tips for anyone who's wants to get into it of what they should, what they should be doing? Uh, or how they could have best kind of, if they're a student and they'd love to get into production uh, coordination, any advice there? Um, I'd say they're uh, being open to any um, different kinds of production, I guess, especially when you're starting off, I think um, just uh, putting your fingers in uh, whether it's music production or commercials, VFX, or any kind of media, especially if you're, if you're interested in media. I think getting a sense of um, being versatile will really help you get to know yourself as well, because um, especially when you're moving up into a production coordinator role, by that time, it'll be great if in the interview, if we can, if uh, they can also add why they, not only what excites them, but also what they feel they can bring and something about their personality that makes them feel like I really want to be a producer like what is it that they enjoy is it working with people or is it working with a director and creativity um but to get to know that it it I think it takes some time dabbing into um multiple kinds of uh, production and types of um medium and so you can yeah. so you can go by different routes because you've done 3d and 2d kind of yes production and it's is there how what's the what have you found is there many differences between that or is it still doing a very similar job um you mean being a coordinator for 3d and 2d or yeah 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 um the basic um skills that you're using on day-to-day basis is pretty much the same and again whether it's animation or film or vfx i feel like you're using similar skills you're tapping into a certain kind of personality anyway um, so I think that's the beauty of um, being in production too you can start off in um, anywhere and then slowly weave your way based on your interest you can weave your way up into if it's animation then um, yeah so it's so I guess in that sense it might be good just to try and get in and do any experience in a studio like Tyler said kind of starting off running or something like that and then you can get towards yeah. where you want to be Yes, absolutely. And in a CV, I, um, I mean, Katie, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that would also show a positive attitude if you've done multiple um, roles of, in different studios. Yeah, totally. Before you get to an assistant yeah. or coordinator role. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Can I ask um, a question? Um, so related to the um, kind of technical side of uh, the 
artistry of animation. Um, so how, to what extent do you need to understand it um, to be a production coordinator? Do you really need to know the ins and outs of Maya? Um, or do you feel like you can kind of, I don't know, leave that to the animators? Um, I wouldn't say you, you, would, you don't need to know um, everything about the software, but, but leaving it completely to the artists also will, um, you're sort of reliant on what the, what the artist tells you. So yeah. you know, I think you, uh, you definitely do need to know about it. Um, even if, even if you don't yes exactly even if you don't know everything about it when you start off like um when i started off on the 2d show i've never used harmony before but um once you do start i guess initially showing that enthusiasm to know everything you can to at least um to know how long things take or how complicated it is or what problems can come up i think that's important yeah um, yeah and yeah, uh, because this role requires you to be versatile, you don't have to know about all the, all the different kinds of softwares and processes immediately. But as you, when, when you start, definitely spend that initial couple of weeks just getting to know about it. Yeah. I have two questions, but the first one is a quick one. If you guys are done with that topic. Mm -hmm. First one is, um, this is different in different studios. So I'm not saying that you guys have done this directly, but you might have done it in a different project or a different studio. But I've noticed that, for example, in one of the studios I worked at, production would also write down any notes that, that, that you're given during a, a, like a dailies. So when you're in dailies, like they would annotate all the notes. So the artists don't take notes. My question is, how do you do that? Like it, I, that baffles me because I would be sitting there and like the, direct, the director would be, or I would be sitting there and we'd be faffing around for 15 minutes talking about something. And then you get the note later on shotgun or F-track or whatever, or in an email. And it's literally so precise. It's like <laughs> reduce head rotation from, from 1500 to 156 by this amount. And you're like, yes, that is exactly what we were saying. How, to me, that's like a skill that I don't know how. Or, that's a good point. Like it's, it's the ability to just be in the moment, listening to everything, but then also summarizing it. I don't know how you do that. So it, maybe you can talk a little bit about that if you've had to do that. And because I know that that wasn't the way we did at Blue Zoo. Uh, we didn't have like someone taking notes in, in reviews, but um, yeah, I'm just wondering like how your experience with that. I think it's a skill that's, um that happens over time like at first you do take down every single note that there is and then you give a piece of paper and he's like I don't need to give all this information so it's just like picking up on the key points and understanding like what is important and what if the artist is going to read the feedback what they need to read to understand what the message is trying to get across and I know at Lupus we would write take the notes from the HODs and then I would put them onto like a spreadsheet and then I'd give them back to the HODs and they would go around. So I just needed to give them a, a little little bit of informa information so they could jog their memory again so they can go around and talk to them and give the feedback. And I've always noticed that sometimes especially clients give um, loads of explanation and the actual note would just be to um, make the character walk from left to right or very simple and um, you definitely need to summarize what they're saying otherwise it, it, it often leads to confusion with the artist and um, where we spend a day or two just figuring out so there's a yeah. lot of filtering <laughs> yeah. very important for the coordinator to be able to summarize and filter and um, and also, uh, since the coordinator has an eye on the schedule, I guess knowing what can and cannot be addressed at that point of time. Mm. Um, again, being a bit mm. stern on some of the decisions where some have to be, might have to be pushed back. So everything that's said in that meeting or requested by the director may not, cannot happen sometimes. So, and on, on that point, I guess in terms of that, that filtering and giving that feedback do you ever have to kind of like uh look at the wording to make sure people 
if it's slightly kind of phrased in a way that might upset someone, do you then have to kind of rephrase it to get the, not to annoy them too much or try and motivate them? Does that happen? Yeah. Dressing yeah, <laughs> it up nicely. So, so you need quite good communication skills then to be able to kind of like... Yeah, uh, and to... A thesaurus. Right. <laughs> to change the words. <laughs> Change all the capital caps, caps, uh, being back into smaller, gentle words. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, and a please at the end. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. This looks great, but... Yeah. <laughs> okay, Faye, did, you, did you have a second question? Faye? Yeah, I had a second question. So who knows what's going to happen 10 years from now, and this podcast is probably going to still exist. People will be watching it. They might not know why we're sitting and talking from our rooms. Um, there's a pandemic at the moment as everyone knows so my question is um, have you found your work to be harder now in lockdown versus how it was before when you were able to just walk around the studio or do you find it better now since no one can bug you and you, you can sit like what's your what's your take on it at the moment how do you find your workload or your experience working lockdown versus versus before Ali, you want to go first? Uh, I'd, uh, yeah, okay. I just feel, it does feel weird. I, I prefer to have like face-to-face uh, -face conversations and like go around and actually talk to people in this and being on a laptop, it is weird, but you, you're just picking and choosing your uh, types to have a conversation with them. And the other thing about that is that you're constantly always available now You're because you're at your desk. So people can just message you and be like, and you, you can't go anywhere there's no you can leave the room but then you're not at work yeah. in a way so yeah it has changed but i feel like in the animation world like it's got more busier with work uh everyone's focusing on like animation projects now because live action's like slowly getting back into uh normal but yeah i think it's 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 just mainly it's like dealing with um out of house people but constantly now i think so whereas before like you would deal with like six or seven out of house people now you're dealing with a whole team and like all the directors so it's just managing that oh so you mean out of house as in like the remote artist or remote yeah like remote artists and stuff now everyone is remote so yeah. it's just that might be even trickier for you to coordinate stuff like that sometimes yeah, but I think it's just having a good communication, like having Slack talks and having like arranged times to have conversations with people and like having like daily meetings with them or like every now and then just giving them a little message, just seeing how they are and if everything's going okay. I guess it it does require much stronger communication skills though, because you can't just do a walk around and just spot things that might not be right or, you know, from that, that point of view. Yeah, people can hide much easier now if something's not. I mean, not, not because they're being, they don't want to do their job. It's just, you know, normally when an artist is struggling with something, they might hide for a couple of days because they're just scared to talk about it. Whereas now it can be even mm. worse. You need to nudge them and really come to them and be like, hey, is everything okay? Are you really struggling with any of this? Do you need help? Yeah. And even to get a sense of if, um, if the artist understands the feedback or if the director is communicating everything that they want, um, I guess that's quite difficult remotely too. Because when you're sitting across the table, um, it's easier to get a sense of whether everyone's understood what, what's required. So I feel like that could delay work as well. Um, and probably more revisions. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely much harder than walking around the studio and getting things done. So you prefer to go back? Oh yes, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> um, one one question we always ask is uh, on the previous podcast. We've asked people how they can, if they really want to get into that role, how they can practice it uh, in a in a in a way that will make a difference. Which was quite easy for you know a two a, a character designer to kind of like say they can practice doing character designs or or redoing character designs they they like, but. From a production coordinator point of view, does anyone have any thoughts on what, if someone wants to get into that role, what they could actually go and do to, to practice getting into that, whether it's volunteering to, you know, 
produce a short film or anything like that is there any kind of things that people could do to to, to push themselves uh, with a higher chance of getting a job with something on their cv uh tyler yeah. you got any thoughts um yeah you could like undertake your own little project animation project or work with someone um you could even make up a whole film and and plan out a schedule for it and just so you get an understanding of like how it'll work so I've done it before where I've wanted to figure out how I could make my schedules better if I ever had to make one and I just make up like a like a 30 shot film and then to break it up into like sections and then figure out just by going online and looking at how animation schedules work and like all the different stuff that needs to be in there and then just trying to make a better schedule for the next time I have to actually do it you went online to look at, uh, yeah, because that's not something normally I've I've heard people do. Did you go online to check out like animation schedules? Yeah, just how other people and other companies work oh. and what information they think is key to have. And then I wanted to know, because I didn't know about F Tracker for ages. So I oh. built an F Tracker in Excel. So it was just kind of figuring out like, what's the best information that people can see when they're on the schedule and like how to uh, like visualize the data in like a really nice way so that people understand it rather than just giving them like numbers and being like four days and if you give them like a nice looking graph that like this is how we're doing right now this is how we should be doing it's like oh that looks much better and it's easy to understand yeah and i guess you could uh i guess you could uh do that online but by I guess one way to show how uh, how much you really want to do it and how enthused you are, you know, and you, how much you want to learn. Because when you're employing someone to become a, like a junior in that position, you're not expecting them to know everything. So someone might say, well, how, I don't know how to put a schedule together. So how can I put a pretend one together if I don't know how? And I think one way that you could do that, I saw I am, I think it was a user, in, user interface designer and they wanted to get a job as a user interface designer. So they kind of like, they broke down... Um, they found uh, uh, user interfaces they really liked and kind of did a little blog post on Medium, I think it was, on on what they liked about that interface and really did a kind of quite a deep dive uh, breakdown into mm -hmm. why their thought processes into why that happened. So I guess someone could do something similar. And then in a CV, if you could link to a blog post you've done where you've tried to figure out yourself, to, to me as an employer, I'd say, wow, they, they're really, they're, they're not just saying they want this job, they're showing they want this job. Yeah. 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 I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Artella. Um, so it's kind of like a an online community specific to the animation industry um, where people try and get projects off the ground and people from okay. like all over the world just join in and sign up for these projects. And some of them require funding, some of them don't. Um, but they always put up, you know, we need an animator, we need a modeler, we need a production assistant or a production coordinator. And it's kind of people donating their free time in order to like collaborate on something outside of their work hours. It's like a passion project. But I think that um, instances like that, if there's opportunities to look on, on that website, it's A-R-T-E-L-L-A, Artella. Um, I think that there's some interesting avenues that could happen there. And then I also know about people who um, have really good relationships with their unis after they've graduated in a way of where the uni has trusted their current third years um, like it's fine for their final project to be production coordinated by someone who's graduated. So they can okay. have that experience as well. So I'm not sure, like, not all universities do that, but I guess if you're a good student, they'll let you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just kind of if if there is that opportunity, or I did like what you suggested, Tyler, where it was kind of like just make up a film and a schedule. I thought that was mm. that yeah. was a clever idea. Mm -hmm. 100%. Uh, Nikita, do you have any thoughts of what people could do? Um, I was actually thinking about it more in terms of just personal practice if you, if you want a, a fun little exercise you could just uh, wake up tomorrow and uh, schedule your day out and then see if you could do it exactly in the same order and it, it, i mean try, just trying that out for a couple of days and life happens it never it never goes in the exact same order and when that doesn't things are thrown in how open you are and how flexible you are to shuffle things around and yeah. like look okay at, okay by three days if I don't get this task this done um, I'm going to get in trouble so 
yeah, it, it, I thought I was just thinking of a fun way of practicing schedule, like uh, yeah, following the schedule yourself and seeing how. It's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I quite I like that idea because I guess if you can kind of because it's all about solving problems when things don't go to schedule and those all those no, issues that get thrown in your path that you have to uh, try and deal with uh, mm-hmm. in a stress-free way because I guess that's another part of the job you have to be quite level-headed I imagine if if the if the if you suddenly got this huge problem yeah is is a pivotal part of that team I imagine if you were kind of like uh, acting all stressed out and pulling your hair out that wouldn't go down too well as that kind of it wouldn't wouldn't work too well so does do you say does someone need to be uh quite chilled or what what's your take on that yes um stressful i mean it's it'll not not only affect the person but everyone around and when you're managing and helping or sort of leading a whole team and they're looking up to you um if you're stressed out then that everyone else will start panicking as well. Um, and I remember um, this is way back when I just started working and Bader was still in the studio, something that he mentioned just is stuck in my head. Um, I think it's your mom or somebody that gave you a card and said, uh, you're just making cartoons, you're not. Right. No, life. that's, that's um, uh, it was Chris Drew. Chris, oh, was Drew, Chris Drew had that, that thing and I, I told you about it. He had, yes. had a uh, like a, a framed picture that looked really interesting. It said, uh, "Just relax. It's just cartoons or something like that." And then I told it's him, "What is that?" Cartoons. You're not saving lives or something like that. Yeah, yeah and, and then it's like you know, it, it, not to stress over it because yeah. we're, we're, we're making cartoons at the end of the day. Yes. Yeah, it, it helps things uh, put things into perspective when you're really stressed out. You know, it, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. If this needs to be prioritized, then let's see what can wait and just take things calm. I guess that's where the the daily um, practice that I was talking about, yeah. just practicing it on yourself, helps. Whether you can take those curveballs um, in a calm manner. And Tyler, is that something you felt that it it's it's a type of person or is that something you can learn in the role to to kind of cope with more easily i think it's definitely something you can learn it's just you need to learn it very quickly and you need to be able to like breathe and understand that it's not the end of the world and it's going to be okay whatever happens you just need to be calm about it and really think about the issue that's been presented and figure out the best way that you can get that done um, does anyone have any questions uh, that we've missed? Anyone got any final final thoughts? Is there any department that normally causes the most stress for you? You're know, <laughs> you trying good, to good start question. something, Vader. <laughs> <laughs> People it's listen to this fun. podcast, Vader. <laughs> just out of curiosity. Not allowed to say. signed an nda did you (laughs) yeah all the coordinators (laughs) it's an oath Uh, everyone's everyone's staying i think it's (laughs) i think it's you have to it's it's mainly dealing with either the client and then the the directors and figuring out a way that both teams can win Mm. and be happy and like and that so that the problems that they bring up all the time or actually you can deal with it in a, in a nice way i'd say yeah very, very diplomatic <laughs> whoa <laughs> <laughs> leaving the call right now what's going on <laughs> <laughs> you're in sync sorry okay. <laughs> um, cool. okay i'm probably going to be a little less diplomatic and say Sometimes storyboarding could be a bit challenging. <laughs> um, Heard it here first, guys. <laughs> the most creative artist, but um, it's also the the part in animation where everyone is so precious. Um, because once you move past that, yeah. sort of, that's your blueprint, and um, everyone's worried to move past that point. Yeah. Um, so I feel like keeping that on track, and again, that's where your director and client and everyone has eyes on it. Um, sometimes that I feel like that department could be challenging to keep on track and um, say, 
it's okay, we've done enough number of trials, we, we have to move on with this shot and stuff. I agree with you on that one. Uh, from my experience also with storyboarding, um, it's always the most loose part of the production. And it's well, you're starting where, with a blank page, aren't you? So exactly. it's, uh... <laughs> and then, and then because you think, oh, it's just, it's just a few drawings. It doesn't cost anything. Like it's, it's just quick. It's quick. You know, there'll always be revisions and always be like iterations. And um, yeah, like I, 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 I see where you're coming from with that. So yes, I agree. It's not. It's not about the artist. It's just the way the no, I, department. I, yeah. I think any any early stage in that project is going to be the harder stage because there's less things tied down. Everything's up in the air. And generally, the, the further towards the end of production you get, the the easier it gets. So it's. I think it's more the point. It's the. It's not so much the storyboard. It's the fact that it's the first step of the production. You know. Yeah. That's the first thing right after you've done all your pre-production, isn't it? Like, mm -hmm. you have all this time to sit and develop and develop and develop and. It could have been a brainchild of something in your mind and projects and all kinds of things that come together. But then once you start doing storyboards, you're like, especially if it's for a TV series, you've got a certain amount of time to do those, those boards and that's it. And it's actually part of the episodic work. And from my experience as well, I think sometimes it can be um, uh, a very challenging stage because you can have one episode that's so smooth yet one episode that goes completely off the rails and you're like how did that happen yeah and it's it, it could be a simple thing as like oh that part of the script didn't work or yeah yeah well i think we'll have to wrap it up there because i'm uh aware that well we've got uh nikita's uh got a five-month-old baby and she's in <laughs> india as well so it's, it's it's quite late at night for you so i need to let, let you get back to your your new family um, but I want to say thanks so much for, for everyone for uh, chatting about the production coordinator role today and hopefully um, if that might have um, given some people some ideas about what the role is and hopefully encouraged some people to, to uh, try and get into it. Um, if you do have any questions, please do uh, message us and we'll do our best to answer them on it. If you're watching us on YouTube or, or Instagram or drop us a tweet. And also don't forget to check out our website, animdojo.com. There's lots of stuff uh, happening on there. But uh, okay, but thanks again to um, Nikita and Tyler for, for joining us. Uh, it's really uh, fascinating to hear what you had to say about the, the jobs. And thanks to Katie Bader and Grace uh, for all your contributions as well so and and thanks for everyone uh listening or watching at home and hopefully catch you next time uh where we're talking about a different job role don't know which one it'll be yet but we'll find out soon <laughs> cool cheers everyone Thank you. Bye, bye. 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 bye 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 bye